0: Uncertainty, that is the, one of the most powerful expressions describing the time in which we are in. In many ways, it's more challenging than all the other experiences of ours, because uncertainty creates this unknown, what do you do? If you're certain about something, even if it's a negative thing, you know how to prepare. So what do we do when we're faced with the unknown, with uncertainty? In virtually every area of our lives. You can retreat in fear. You can get paralyzed. You could try to to find a crystal ball of someone that perhaps can give you a prophetic vision of the future. Or, and this is the secret that we will be discussing you learn to ride the waves of uncertainty. Build yourself an ark. Riding the waves of uncertainty is the topic that we will be addressing that is so relevant to each one of us. Welcome, this is Simon Jacobson, and we'll be discussing perhaps the single most relevant topic of our time, and that is uncertainty. Build yourself an ark, riding the waves of uncertainty. This program is dedicated by Tamara Kalir in honor of Yona Leia Friedman Andranovich. Generally in life, we're not certain about many things. However, there are things that we are seemingly certain of. I say seemingly because we're always when you dig deeper, there's going to be areas that, and dimensions that are more mysterious and unknown than we may initially imagine. But let's say you're traveling down a road and you come to a fork in the road. You ask someone that's a... Uh, a local, tell me which, I want to get to this and this destination. Which road should I take? So they'll tell you, take this road. will take you directly. This road is going in a different direction. Okay, the certainty is what is twofold. You know where to go, where not to go. What happens if there's no one to ask? Or anyone around is also unclear which road goes where. So the only other way is trial and error. You take a guess, you may end up in the wrong road and completely, not only that, it may end up taking you to places that are very challenging, shall we say, or you may take the right road. So there's the concept of doubt, of unknown. In life, many areas of the unknown, the only way to conquer it, if you don't have an expert or someone who's been there before you, is by trial and error. Sometimes the trial and error is a very simple and easy process, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes you can get yourself into deep trouble by taking the wrong road. What do some people do when it comes to a situation like that? Some just get stuck. I'll stay on the fence since I'm not sure. Because I don't want to take the risk. But there's also the risk of not taking a risk, which is the risk of not moving forward, being paralyzed in your life. How many times does this happen to us psychologically, emotionally in our lives? And the truth is one of the ways, one of the litmus tests to really recognize your own psychological health and emotional health. Because a confident person, a truly confident person who's built up confidence in childhood through support, validation, and so on, is not someone that knows which road to take. They have the courage to take the risk. And hopefully, with the wisdom, they try to minimize the risk as much as possible. That's what confidence is. The idea of being able to, to even when you cannot discern, to know that this is what you need to do. You need to at that, that trial and error. This is especially significant and amplified when it comes to relationships. When people have difficulty making a commitment a commitment in an emotional romantic relationship should this be the person that i will be with that will, i will marry and live forever after there's always doubts nobody knows the future nobody knows what different what people will how people will react to different extenuating or challenging circumstances as life goes on but you meet someone you use as much as you can your mind and your heart to sense what, what, whatever you can figure out, but then there's always going to be a certain amount of uncertainty. Because none of us have that crystal ball that we know exactly what's going to be. And we wouldn't even want it. That's not the way to live life. The same thing with many major decisions. When it comes to minor decisions, okay, fine. But many major decisions, how do you ultimately decide when there's real consequences? So that can drive fear into some people, and therefore there's a retreat. That's one approach. Another aspect of that is being paralyzed, being stopped, being locked in your position because you don't know what to do. A second option may be to go find a crystal ball, as I mentioned, but that's not a realistic option, and it's some form of escapism and uh, sensationalism even. So I'm just mentioning it for the thoroughness of the possibilities. What other possibilities are there? So I mentioned being a confident person means traveling regardless, even when there's uncertainty. Now we're faced today with a tremendous amount of uncertainty in so many areas of life. Since the pandemic broke, basically around March, seven months ago, when it became official, it was officially called a pandemic, even though it's called COVID-19 because it first emerged November 19 in China, 2019. So one of the things that happened, besides, of course, the health crisis and the, 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 the threats to life and, and people's well-being, and unfortunately, many died, many got sick, Many didn't. Most didn't. But in addition to the immediate threat, was also the effect, the collateral damage it had on literally and virtually every sector of life. It really either stopped things and froze things in their tracks or definitely slowed them down. Initially, almost everything was stopped. And I'm talking about our personal schedules, work, school, the economy, Business, travel, then summer came and summer plans. I mean, there's no area in life that did not have impact on. But the, the illusion was at the time, or so many or many thought, that this would last a few months and then back to normal. That was the words being used. But as it slowly dragged on through the summer, June, July, August, we realized now it's, it's not so simple. Yes, things opened up, they're not as draconian and drastic as they were back then, but then there were spikes and all. I don't need to give you the news. We all know the news. And then, of course, the, comf- conflict, the conflicts of mess, conflicting messages, confusion, political politicization of it all who's right, what's wrong, what's right. I mean, all this contributed to a tremendous amount of what's going to be next. Do we even know in a week from now, in a month from now? So, so many factors came into play that just threw fuel onto the whole uncertainty. And uncertainty is very unsettling for a person. Because human beings, from earliest age, we depend upon certain givens. You know what bed you're sleeping in. You know where your parents are. You know who loves you. These things are not small matters, especially in our young, formative years. Because they become the essence of what we rely on. It becomes our, I don't want to use the word crutches, but they become the foundations that we depend upon. When our foundations are shaken, when the givens, the security blankets, the comfort zones... The things we depend and rely upon are upended and disrupted. It's very, very disturbing and even demoralizing. Because suddenly everything we relied on, it's like the thing you were standing on, suddenly pulled out from under you. So you can imagine what it does to the human psyche. Now, for people who've gone through trauma in life, they've already experienced things like that. Some have become stronger. And indeed, they do have the power to deal with uncertainty. And worse than uncertainty, real demons. And yet, that doesn't mean that it's easy. There are people who will say, uncertainty is my certainty. The only thing I'm certain of is that things are uncertain. If you're able to conquer it that way, God bless you. And we will be discussing some things that, when you look at people who've survived and more than survived, have thrived through challenges, especially challenges of the unknown, there's much to be learned. and we'll be discussing some of that formula. But regardless, all of us definitely need instruction, guidance, direction when dealing with an uncertain future. And you may think it's a cash22. No matter what you do, you're not going to suddenly become certain about the future, as I said before. So what, what can we possibly do to mitigate and to somewhat, somewhat uh, I would even say conquer, the, the challenge of the unknown ahead of us? And yes, however, there is an answer to that question. It comes down to a few points that I want to make as an introduction. Before we get into the actual formula so to speak and that is our initial premise in so many areas of life when we're challenged what one of the challenges of challenges if I could put it that way is the idea that we are based we, we, we resort to the tools that we're accustomed and the premises that we already have in place and that can be the problem That can be part of the problem. It's one thing to have a challenge. God forbid somebody gets hurt or injured, you rush them to an emergency room. Imagine there's nobody there, and you don't know what to do. So in addition to the initial injury, God forbid, if you don't know what to do next, that can just compound the issue. Now, very often, before we get into a challenging situation, we already have preconceived notions about things, and we have our limited tools, because we may never may, ne- may never have been in a situation like this before. It's unprecedented. So, in addition to the issue itself, is what you have? What what do you have in your arsenal to contend with it, to deal with it? You have what you know, and you have whatever limited tool chest you have. So, before addressing what to do. Perhaps we have to address what what is our mindset. So for many of us, especially pre-March, uncertainty, many people were not accustomed to the concept of uncertainty. We live in a pretty comfortable world, high standard of living. Things have become so predictable and so reliable. You can press a few buttons and you get a delivery at your door within an hour or within a few hours. We rely on our technologies, we rely on our devices, we rely on our equipment, we rely on our appliances, our utilities, our automobiles, and our planes. Does it always work out? No. There are, of course, here and there, glitches, but overall, it's a very, it was a very reliable world. So we could be, we could have been lulled into a sense of overconfidence that things are secure. We all remember what happened after 9-11, that New York, the two twin towers, twin towers that were such a symbol of America's might, New York's power, suddenly were struck down in the most bizarre fashion, obscene fashion. What did it do? The first shock was you can't even believe it. Now, if you think about it, every building is vulnerable, but we haven't seen things like that. So when you don't see something, you get lulled into a sense of everything is fine. And then you need to adjust. Very much trauma in general is about that. What, is, what does the word trauma mean? It means that things were going regular and then something traumatized the person. Because it com- not only was it irregular, it completely disruptive of the systems. It overloads you to the point where you don't have the tools to contain it the shock, and everything that follows. So the first premise, are things truly certain? Is this world truly a world of absolute security? You know, in the financial markets, they have a word called securities. It's meant to give you financial security. But if you think about it, it's also deceptive in a way. Is that enough for true security in life? If you had all the money in the world, would you be this most secure person on earth? Security is an internal man, mind and heart set. There are people who don't have any money. They're very secure. And there are people that have all the money in the world and they're very insecure. But it's a way of selling it. Securities. Security. The prudential rock. That rock. You can rely on it. Yes, you can rely on certain things, but that, those qualifications are limited to whatever money can provide. And I'm not saying money is not a a blessing. It can provide many things. But it cannot provide life itself and the the security, an emotional and psychological security that makes us tick, that makes us healthy human beings. So when your premise is distorted or limited, obviously when you're going to be struck by something that you're not accustomed to, suddenly you're shocked. So one of the key principles that we derive from that is that dealing with uncertainty is first making peace, that perhaps the premise is wrong. Perhaps things are far more uncertain than we know. And just because on the surface level, it may appear that we've built structures and institutions and devices that we can rely on, and we can, that does not mean that the the fundamentals, uncertainties of life have disappeared. The second point, uncertainty is not something to fear. The very word is disturbing. It's uncertain. There's actually an expression, one of the sages, the sages describe, there's no greater joy than the resolution of doubts. Doubt and uncertainty is very troubling to us. Because we like to have a clear path. It just creates a certain peace of mind. When someone tells you, I don't know what the, 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 the results are, uncertain. I'd rather know, even if it's bad news, in a way this clarity, is better than no news or uncertain news because uncertainty creates that. So what am I supposed to do? So you start worrying. Is it this way? Is it that way? And we know what it can do to consume us when we're uncertain. Then our mind starts working and our imagination and who knows where it takes us. And emotionally as well. I mentioned before so much part of a child's upbringing, and all of us, is to know certain things are secure. You know that we know where your home is, you know your home is standing. When all that is upended, it's extremely, extremely shakes up our entire psyche, our entire beings. So uncertainty evokes immediately fear, anxiety, and and a host of other negative reactions. But what is if you what is it, what what happens if you come at p, to p, at peace, you come, you make peace with the fact that things are uncertain, at least on a certain level. That can create a peace of mind. So that's point number two. So first is the premise. Our premise that everything is just a certain way, and then we find out it's not. So, come to that. Come to recognize that your premise may have been limited. And number two is that uncertainty is a really a regular and constant feature. It's actually a certain feature, certainty about uncertainty. And we'll discuss more about that shortly. And finally, a third point about tools. It's always the case that when things are going righty normally, we don't have to dig deeper. So our tools are whatever their tools are. Suddenly, when you're faced with something that was unprecedented or uncertain or not predictable, recognize that you always can dig deeper and find those tools, and therefore no need to cower or retreat in fear or to get paralyzed. With that said, with these three introductions, three key pieces, let us now address the topic itself. So one of my favorite examples, you've heard it, I'm sure, before, and if you haven't here, it is the example of a good swimmer. Because life can be compared to swimming in a wide, vast ocean. Oceans have ups and downs. There are calm days, there are stormy days, and sometimes very heavy storms. So what is the difference between a good navigator, a good swimmer, and a bad swimmer? So, a bad swimmer suddenly hit, struck by a storm and is not accustomed to it, impulsively, instinctively, will do what most of us would do with untrained. You try to fight the tide, you try to overpower it. In the process, it can drain your resources to the point of danger, if not worse. A good swimmer recognizing a storm, recognizing, I cannot to conquer the storm, I cannot overpower it, we will go into a mode of maintenance mode. Let me float, let the tide carry me, Let I'll ride the waves. Both may have been surprised by the storm, but one has entered with a training, with an experience, with premises that immediately tells him or her what to do. The other has not, and the storm can overcome them. Another example, similar example. I'm using a swimmer because it's human and therefore relates to us more, but another example. Look at the trees. Look at a forest. What happens when a storm comes? Which trees will remain standing? A very heavy storm, a hurricane, a tornado, a cyclone, a typhoon. What, which, storm, which trees will stand the ones that have strong, deep roots, or the ones that can sway and go with the wind. Those that don't either have deep roots or don't know how to be flexible will usually be demolished, destroyed in a storm. So I said roots and flexibility, strong foundations, and ability to yield and not fight the challenge, to ride with it. So we actually have a story, a biblical story, that teaches us these principles. And lo and behold, and this is the reason, of course, we're discussing it now, is this week's chapter that's read 52 weeks a year. Every week has its own particular chapter in the Torah. What does this chapter talk about? The great flood, the great Flood waters, great storm. Not to go into all the details of why the flood was brought up because of the corruption of the human race. I want to talk about the ark, famous Noah's ark. Make yourself, build yourself an ark, Noah is told. And this ark will protect you and your family from the raging floodwaters that that destroy everything around. What is an ark? An ark is a boat. A good ship, a good boat is built in a way that can ride the waves. If a boat was built in a way that didn't have that capacity, that flexibility, that buoyancy, it would be overcome by, by, by a heavy enough storm. Even as it is, there are boats that can't overcome, that can't handle certain real, very serious storms. But in general, that's what a boat is. It knows how to ride the waves. That's the whole building of it is based on that engineering. And it all goes back to the first Noah's Ark that actually did save a family and the human race from destruction due to them being protected by this boat, by this ark. But it's more than just a technical thing. It has tremendous personal lessons. So let me cite a powerful statement, an interpretation from the founder of the Hasidic movement, a great mystic teacher. His name is Rabbi Yisrael Baal Shem Tov. Lived in the 18th century. So he says, when you look in the words, the Hebrew words, build yourself an ark. The word for ark in Hebrew, there are a number of words for a ship, for a boat, for an ark. The one that's used is teva, teva. Transliterated T E I V A H. There are other words. There's Sfina. There's Ania. Why this word? Says the Balshamtiv. Because Teva also has another meaning. It means word. The very word means word. A Teva in Hebrew is a word. A Os is a letter. Teva is a word. So what do words have to do with this verse? She so says the following, life is like, often like raging floodwaters. The anxieties of life, the pains of life, the difficulties of life, the challenges of life can sometimes feel exactly like that, like being struck by heavy waves, like being at, at, in the in w- midst of a stormy sea. Think of feelings of anxiety, of fear, of concern, worry. What does uncertainty create? All those. So it can be compared very clearly, psychologically and emotionally and spiritually, to a raging floodwaters. Meaning a raging sea, in the middle of a storm. What do you do? Says the Baal Shem Tov, you build yourself an ark, you build yourself a word. Words. Words. Words will protect you. What kind of words? The sacred words, he says. His words of Torah and tefillah, of study and prayer. Studying something that is not just a man-made book, but something that gives you spiritual vitality. And prayer. Prayer is the service of the heart. So to protect your mind and your heart, the cognitive and the emotional, from these raging floodwaters, is surrounded with words. And words is more than just knowledge and information and data. Words are ideas. They actually can serve like a raft that can allow you to rise above and ride those waves. Let's analyze this a bit further. When you immerse yourself, think of a book that you loved reading a book, you immerse yourself in it to the point you don't even recognize and sense what's going on around you. You're so consumed with the book, you don't even realize you're turning pages, you don't even realize you're reading words, letters and words. Because the author so vividly is conveying the message or the narrative or the drama that you get completely part, you become completely one with it, absorbed, dissolved within it. At that moment, it can transport you to another time and place. Music, obviously, is even a more powerful example. I'm not really using it because it's not the, the, connected to words, but it is a language, and it could do the same, perhaps quicker and even deeper. The point I'm making here, it's not what happens around you, it's what you do to insulate yourself, protect yourself. The more you have that, the more you can wrap yourself in the words of your sacred words in your life, the more protection you have to deal with uncertainty. Now, does the uncertainty become less uncertain? No. But what happens is you have something to rely on. Like going back to the example it's a stormy sea. What does the boat do? What does the ark do? The ark doesn't remove the storm. It gives you a tool that you didn't have till now that you can ride through the storm. In simple English, it means it offers you transcendence. Transcendence means that you can rise above, and not just rise above it as an ignore it, but actually ride on it and ride through it. In many ways, the storm actually lifts you up to higher places you would not reach on your own. But precisely because you have a, an additional resource that it's not just you alone, lost at sea, you're in those words. Those words are now your arc. If you look at human beings, if you study those that have gone through very challenging situations and those that came out stronger, not only survived but thrived, you'll find one common denominator. They always had an arc. A figurative, a metaphorical arc. They always had words to look to. You read their diaries or you hear their stories and you'll see when I was in a very difficult moment, I closed my eyes. I thought about a memory. I thought about ideas, words. That helped me get through it. Because what it does is, it empowers your soul with energy that can be more powerful than whatever storm comes your way. So with that in mind, uncertainty takes on a whole different shape. Of course uncertainty is difficult when you come unarmed. But if you come well armed, you have your ark, your words. Those words will save your life and not just save your life, will help you grow through it. Now, it's in a way counterintuitive. Many of us would think if the storm strikes, you know what we'll do? We'll board up, our, board up our windows. We'll try to find a life preserver. Well, we'll fight the waves. Very few people would think on their own, you know what? Maybe I need to go back and build, my, build up my immunity. Especially when you're in the middle of the storm, it's very difficult to go build immune systems in the middle of a pandemic. That is why, of course, if you come in with more tools and weapons, you have, you're well armed to face this new challenge. But for argument's sake, let's say you have not So who's can You can't begin right now. One of the key suggestions that I've been making over these past months and that we've been offering at the Meaningful Life Center, if you look at all the resources we've been offering, and plenty of them, they all come down to this principle. Build yourself an ark. Begin with words, yes, words that resonate with you, that touch your heart and soul. We have offered many words. I have offered words. But the point is not who's offering the word. That word should speak to you. Sometimes you hear something. And it's not just the word. It's the whole spirit of it. You say, ah, I relate to that. These words will be your lifesavers. Don't underestimate it. Try it out. Build yourself an ark. Words, ideas. When you wake up in the morning... Don't just rush into the the raging floodwaters, either coming to us through the media, social media, streaming at us. Look at these words, streaming. Protect yourself first before you enter into the fray, before you hear the new political commentary of what happened with the elections or what's happening with the medical news. Insulate yourself. Build your ark. Enter the day with an ark. Begin with that one line powerful meditation and prayer. Thank you for returning my soul to me. Acknowledge your soul. Your soul is fed by these words. And your soul as it's fed by these words becomes your ark. So then as your soul through your body gets involved in the preoccupations and the activities of your day you're not coming unarmed. You're not naked, exposed to whatever will come your way and then trying to react. Whatever uncertainty, whatever challenge, whatever piece of information comes your way, you are well prepared. You've been insulated. You've protected yourself. It's like putting on a fur coat in a very cold day. So the cold doesn't get less because you put on the fur coat, but for you, you've been warmed up. You're ready. You can face it. If you, if you light a fire, even better, because the fur coat only you're warm. You light a fire. I mean, I don't mean an arson, arson. I mean a campfire, a, a fireplace. It also warms up others. We are all we, we have every challenge we have. We have the tools to deal with it. This is a tool. This needs work every day, consistently. That's that morning prayer. Then afterwards, sit down, take 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, a half hour, an hour. Study something. If these classes that I'm giving speak to you, so make it a regular ritual. Find other classes that speak to you, things you can read, listen to, view. The key is to surround yourself, to protect yourself, to build yourself your ark. So prayer and study. I will add a third thing even though the Baal Shem Tov doesn't say it but also acts of kindness. Some say ark is acts of random kindness. Acts of kindness is yet another form of insulation. Why the Baal Shem Tov doesn't say it? Because acts are not words. So though in concept they also serve that role but he was talking about the words because words are the, is the language, the language we use, the language of our souls, the language of our beings. And as our language expands, not just into dealing with material things, but dealing with spiritual things, as we're discussing, that becomes our ark. But that's an aside. And through the day, you don't have to, you don't have to just reserve it in the morning Try to find moments, oases, an island in time where you can focus back to your arc, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed, especially if you heard a particular piece of news or something comes your way that just makes you feel more uncertain, more fearful, retreat into your ark, And I don't mean retreat as in I said earlier in a negative way. I mean retreat as in go back into your own words. Let them serve you, let them be that cocoon that protects you, that nurtures you. And the more the merrier. Before you go to sleep at night, instead of falling asleep with a newspaper on your nose or a TV guide or with a television on, also go to sleep with words, words of prayer. I entrust you with my spirit is a prayer that's said at the evening prayers before we go to sleep. Read something, something spiritual, something poetic, soothing. Don't let it be part of the rage waters. The words should be not coming from those strong waves and from the storms around you, but words that come from soulful places. That's the key thing. The more you feed yourself, the more you reinforce and build the words, the ark, the more powerful will be your resilience in riding the waves of uncertainty. Try it out. This is a time-tested method. And it's the method used by those that have successfully, by those that have gone through the most difficult traumas and uncertainties. Riding the waves of uncertainty. If you're not lulled into that overconfidence or delusional confidence that everything is certain and perfect and you don't need any resources, well, we had a rude awakening now. Now let us learn from our experience and become stronger in the process. Don't underestimate the tremendous and even infinite resources you have right inside your soul now is the time to access it and it's a beautiful way to do so through words and not just for yourself do it with your spouse read together pray together with your children with family with friends even with strangers share this idea with others build your words build your ark. And it will give you the capacity to deal with and ride through anything, including these waves of uncertainty. May you all be blessed with building that ark, your your personal ark, giving you the strength necessary, blessed with a healthy successful and abundant year materially and spiritually please know that we're here for you and I say we I mean myself and my beautiful team wonderful team Simon Jacobson my wonderful team the Meaningful Life Center MeaningfulLife.com where you have many ARCs that you can access many ingredients to build an ARC customized to your own needs Please take advantage, share with others, send us your feedback, we'd love to hear from you, any suggestions, inquiries. We are all in these raging floodwaters of uncertainty, and therefore we can all help each other. Be blessed, we're here every Wednesday. This is part of a weekly series called Soul Gym. Spiritual self-care. We have a Monday soul vitamin, a Tuesday soul workout, and a Wednesday evening every 8.30 Eastern Time soul Masterclass. So subscribe at MeaningfulLife.com. As I said, share with others. And I look forward to seeing you again. All these programs are archived, so you can access and view and listen to them at any time. You can download them as podcasts and on all the platforms possible today. God bless you. Thank you very much. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com donate.